0: Welcome to the Good Hard Story Podcast, where we believe that the good story and the hard story can be the exact same story. I'm Katherine Wolf, and I'm a spoke survivor, a speaker, an author, and co founder of Hope Heals. Tune in here every week for conversations about wholeheartedly living in a good hard story. Join me in this joyful rebellion to the darkness where we discover the treasures hidden in our hurting. Hi! Throughout these next few months until the new book, Treasures in the Dark, comes out on April 9th, I'm going to be sharing some reflections from that book on the Good Heart Story podcast. So thank you in advance for indulging me in just marinating on some of these concepts and really um, letting some of the beautiful just insights from this new book um, be something I share with all of you. Obviously, it's on my heart. And my amazing sister-in-law, Alex Wolf, has helped me to craft What I think is a really important piece of work for us to put in our backpack, a tool to carry with us through life of how to find bright hope hidden in the hurt in all of our lives. I may have told you guys before that this book will be reflections similar to a devotional style book that will have 30 reflections for the hurting 30 for the Hoping and 30 for the Healing. And it will be um, hopefully meeting people exactly where they are in their journey because we can't write a book or an emotional book and just provide mere one-note encouragement. There are different seasons and stages um, in grief. So this hopefully will be uh, more of that. So without further ado, I will start sharing the book. If you um, see a social media clip, you may see that I have on my Hope Hills camp hat and my Hope Hills camp shirt. And um, I'm an unabashed camp girl these days. I didn't always identify that way. I grew up going to an amazing summer camp called Camp DeSoto. Um, but I've always been kind of a girly girl. So a campy girl just wasn't always synonymous with girly girl. However, I realized, yes, it is. I'm both and unabashedly both. I, absolutely love camp i love the different rhythm and routine i love just getting outside of your daily life i love being in the nature i just love so many so many things about camp and yet i do like a high thread count and i do like um yeah creature comforts and i'm just saying it can be both um I was incredibly, incredibly obsessed from an early age with Camp DeSoto. Um in fact when I went into brain rehab, um when was that? Like probably four months after my stroke. Um I had to do these classes that were really, really annoying, honestly, where I think they were called cognitive ability or something. And we would have to go around and answer questions like, who is the current president of the United States and stuff. And I was, you know, fully cognitively there. So I was annoyed to have to do these things. Um, But one day the question was, what is your greatest accomplishment? And when it came to me, I just said what was on the tip of my tongue, which is somewhat hysterical given I've survived a stroke, gotten married. I had done some other really, really cool things in my life. And yet what came out on the tip of my tongue was I was chief of the Chickasaw tribe my beaver year and we won the cup. And, I mean, that's almost hysterical. First of all, what? Chief, tribe, cup, what, and beaver, huh? Beaver means senior in camp, so to speak, just so you know. Um, And I've had some seriously good laughs about that being the greatest accomplishment of my life um, but it was very significant and we did win Songfest and olympics and Tri day so it was um an all-encompassing big win and it was actually a life highlight if i'm honest anyway um all that to say last year in atlanta mary stewart Iverson, who grew up as my camp buddy, Mary Stewart Young, and I hosted our 25-year summer camp girls reunion. So my quote-unquote pledge class of girls who I grew up going to camp with, um, almost all of whom had not seen each other in 25 years, came to Atlanta and had a weekend together. So we had 31 girls coming from literally all over the country, from Colorado, Maryland, Mississippi, all coming to Atlanta and spending the weekend together at Mary Stewart's house. And it's cute. Mary Stewart has five boys, and the five boys came to my house. So the Wolf boys had a real adventure that weekend. We all grew. We all grew. And... Um, that weekend that i thought would just be like sweet and fun and special was super super poignant basically throughout the weekend we did a number of really fun special like things we did as campers but now we did them throughout the weekend as adult women and um it was so special one of the things that we did that like marked me forever was we each took 30-minute segments and a whiteboard and taught about our lives to the rest of the girls. So picture this. We're all 40 and 41 years old. The last time most of us have seen each other is as 15- or 16-year-olds, and we're catching up the group about our lives So, in 25 years, you can imagine, in addition to if you married, who you married, how many kids you have, where you went to college, where you live now, what you do if you work, all those things, what ended up happening is we ended up sharing um, all the hard stuff, is unwanted singleness, infertility, miscarriages— um, dysfunctional children, um intense spiritual manipulation and abuse, um, I mean, the gamut. And then obviously, kind of the cherry on top, so to speak, not cherry the the terrible, disgusting fruit, whatever that is on top, was that um one of sort of the the leaders of this group, one of the like, I mean, I was all up in Camp DeSoto, and um I'm literally hobbling around the house with my walker. It's just such a visual of like, whoa, Catherine Arnold as a 16-year-old was, you know, singing at Tribe Day, and here she is hobbling to go to the bathroom, um, severely disabled after nearly dying of a stroke. So you can imagine it was surreal. Um it was sacred and surreal. It was it was special. But it was like whoa, like nobody's life has been perfect. Everybody has had just uh, some 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 rough stuff in life. And so when we were little girls we had no recognition that life would be as hard as it's been. Even in the best stories, there's been a a lot of heartache, and I'm going to read a little portion about that experience. Not one woman in that room was living the life she'd imagined when she was a girl at summer camp, and I imagine you aren't either friend. In fact, I think to be human is to live in the space between our expectations and reality. The space where hopes and dreams are powerless to tame life's chaos. The space called suffering. Of course, our expectations aren't bad in themselves. But the way we orient ourselves around them can make or break our experience of life and our relationship to God. So what should we do with all these expectations? The answer is simple, but so hard to pull off. Expect more of God and less of this world. Which I say that a lot. Expect more of God and less of that world. And the reality is, what does that even mean? how do we do that? Like, what what does that look like? And I've thought a lot about what does that mean? What does that look like? How do you do this? And the bottom line, I think, is just like us camp girls sitting around as 40-year-olds talking about our stories, the shared story of suffering while on earth changes how you feel about this world that when you are in community with other people with other stories you're able to kind of see oh this is everybody nobody's life is perfect everybody has pain and problems and many trials john 16 is true that in this world there will be terrible trouble and somehow being in community we get a little less self-focused, hopefully, and see, it's not just me. Everybody's going through something. And then the second part of that is you expect God more. You expect more of God when you are looking to God, when you are recognizing He's all you have, when you are clinging to him to show up in your story when you are marinating on his truths throughout your day, when you are in relationship with Jesus. It changes how you see this place we are temporarily. You somehow, at the same time, recognize there is terrible pain in this world. There is tremendous joy too, FYI. But there is terrible pain But also, this is not my home. I'm here temporarily, and one day it will not be this way. So I think expect more of God and less of this world is our key. So on the final morning of the reunion— I shared a message at our quote unquote Vespers service, which was the service we'd had on Sunday mornings at Camp DeSoto. So I was the, the camp pastor for the morning. And um I shared a message about everything I'm talking about today that. We have got to dream new dreams to cope in this world. We have got to be able to pivot and be emotionally agile because life is tough. And um, it was very special. We, at the end of that Vespers service, sang um, a number of really powerful camp songs that honestly were not really powerful when I was 12 years old. It was great. I loved it. I sang with all my heart all the camp songs. But the reality of so many Camp DeSoto camp songs is their straight-up scripture um, turned into song, um, which only in my adult life would I recognize Oh my goodness, one of the reasons I know a lot of Scripture is because I know songs that are Scripture. For instance, one of the songs we sang that morning was— when you pass through the water, I will be with you. And the waves, they will not overwhelm you. Do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And that's based on Isaiah 43 three two. And the second part says, when you pass through the fire, you'll not be burned. Um, and I didn't know that was Isaiah forty three two as a little girl, but now I do, and that song hits a little different when you're singing it together in Mary Stewart's living room as 40- year olds, um, because we've been through the fire, <laughs> and we've not been burned. And we have um, yeah, survived our hard stories. And God's shown up every time. So we can sing that together with tremendous hope about the future. In fact, I want to read on this second part here. I reflected out loud how this and other songs had comforted us as little girls, even though we hadn't really understood them then. Now, halfway through life, we finally knew what they had been saying all along. When the world abandons you, God is with you. When the world disappoints you, God makes a way. When the world rejects you, God calls you my name. Again, expect more of God and less of this world. After our special morning Vesper service, we had our traditional Sunday dinner, which if you're not from the Southeast, you may not know that dinner means a special lunch many times on Sundays. So Sunday lunch at Camp DeSoto was fried chicken and this yummy rice with gravy. And the meal always ended with this bizarre block of vanilla ice cream with a massive scoop of peanut butter and honey on top. It was the weirdest thing. So of course we had this delicious meal for Sunday dinner together. And, It was like we all knew too much at that point to be super lighthearted. It felt very holy, actually. We were sitting at Mary Stewart's table and we've all had this weekend of just deep sharing and recognition of midlife and all the things. And we're just kind of like stunned, just staring at each other enjoying the Sunday dinner, still here, still showing up, but definitely just wounded by life, and yet still showing up around the table, somehow praising God in the midst of all the stuff of life. And I think that is what we are called to do, is somehow, it's not clear, but in community, we bear each other's burdens, And then we can look to God together. And that's what um, our time looked like by the end. A number of sweet friends made videos um, for Phil and Marcia, who were the directors of our camp at the time, just thanking them for exactly what has happened, which is lives impacted forever, I mean, it is hard to know if Hope Hill's camp would be around if there hadn't been a Camp DeSoto in my story. And um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's impacted all of our lives. A number of the women from my beaver year have daughters who attend Camp DeSoto now. So it's it's really precious. Um, yeah, it's just deeply, deeply impacted my life. and. Um, I think we all need those moments, don't we, of recognizing we're not alone and we're not crazy and we've been through hard stuff, but we can do hard things. And so much of that happens in the context of true community that is uplifting you and believing for you when maybe you don't even believe for yourself that you are able to live with somewhat of a broken heart, in a weary world that is somehow, someway rejoicing. I pray this little reflection blessed you and that you check out further um, our new book, Treasures in the Dark, 90 Reflections on Finding Bright Hope Hidden in the Hurting, and that you know so deeply that there is deep treasure in the hidden secret places of our stories, and that somehow that treasure is something that can inform the way you live the rest of your life. So I encourage you to cherish that treasure and let it deeply inform the way you live the rest of your days. And um, yeah, I definitely think treasures in the dark should be on your coffee table because we all need a big dose of the truth that there is, in fact, treasures hidden in the dark, as it says in Isaiah 45.3. Thank you for joining us on the Good Hard Story podcast. To learn more about what we are doing, follow us on Instagram at HopeHeals check out all things Hope Heals at hopeheals.com Don't forget to subscribe to this wherever you get podcasts and please feel free to share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it Good Heart Story Podcast is a production of Good Heart Story LLC It is produced by Leah Case and Mary Austin Hall And I am your fearless and fabulous host, Catherine Wolf. Come back and join us every week where we believe that the good story and the hard story can be the very same story. We are with you and for you, friends.